This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, helps you build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. Check out The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey everyone, Abby Wendell here, one of the producers of Invisibilia at NPR. If you listened to the last episode, The Great Narrative Escape, you might remember that I talked a lot about slow TV. I mean, I went on and on about how it could help us as individuals, help our society, maybe even like save our democracy. So yeah, I got on a bit of a soapbox about it, just would not let it go. And the hosts of the show, Yahweh and Kia, probably to get me off of my soapbox, threw down a challenge. Abby, go make slow radio. I could not resist. If you can, I suggest listening in headphones. Maybe take a walk, lie down somewhere with a view of the sky. It also might not hurt to partake in an endorphin-inducing activity of your choice. You know, like exercise. Okay, here we go. Invisibilia does slow radio. Slow TV? Are you familiar? No. I, I don't know what uh, Norwegian slow TV is. is. Are you going to make me watch fire? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> is it is that what it is? We have options. We can do a fireplace. Oh yeah. Mm, yes, baby. A fire is really pretty to look at. Oh, I love it. There's knitting. Just watching people knit. The boat trip. On the herd, Digruten. Wait, he's winding up. 18 hours of salmon fishing. He's, he's still reeling. There we go. Did he catch anything? No? Is anything... Anything popping out <laughs> at you? Uh, um, you know what appeals to me? I gotta say, one of the train ones. Hmm. Should we do the Arctic Circle one? For some reason, the the Arctic Circle one. I mean, this train journey north of the Arctic Circle is calling me. I'm gonna be honest. Should we go with the Arctic Circle? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to start at the beginning? Yeah, of course. Okay. Ready? Yep. Watch. Here we go. Here we go. Green light. Now we're getting train tracks. Ooh, train tracks. So we're seeing the train leave what is presumably a stop. Maybe the train yard, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's like we're looking out the window at the very front. Everything's very gray. It's a gloomy, cloudy day. And there's a lot of, there's a highway next to us. There's a lot of concrete buildings. We're in like an industrial situation. There's like a scrapyard. Yeah. There's all of a sudden there's some uh, graffiti. Mm-hmm. We're passing another train. That's exciting. It's red. What I'm really delighting in is being able to look straight forward instead of out the side of the train. It's an entirely different view. Getting to look down the tracks. There's this real feeling of moving, almost flying down the tracks, if you look at the tracks. I now find myself looking at the tracks. We're rounding a curve. And they did like a a camera move, like perspective move to the left. (laughs) I physically want to turn when it does that. It feels weird not to turn when it turns. It looks like the train is moving from like in a city to like outside of it. So like now we're in a residential area. We get to see lots of cute houses, but they're slightly getting bigger and more far apart. Mm-hmm. More space between houses. Ooh, that's a farm. Now the red, the red I just saw there, uh, I know that in some of the Nordic countries, homes are often red. The um, connection between Norwegians and that particular red color, it comes out of this one mine and it's some kind of oxidization, like oxidization that makes that specific red color. Picking up speed. Oh, this is pretty. Oh, so now we're going through some sort of miniature canyon? What is this? I don't Mm -hmm. even know where we are, but there's like high rock and trees around us. And it was like a little pinch point. And now we're out into a beautiful little lakeside town. Yeah, we're like right up on the water. We're just hugging like a bay. Yeah, 
Now you can see the, the lake or the inlet or the fjord. Well, could you explain actually for Americans what fjords are? Um, yeah, I'm from Norway, Trondheim, <laughs> in the middle of the country. They are just extensions of the ocean um, going into the country. So they are like rivers, but more like lakes. Um, and um, they are s salty. Most of them are, are salt water. Some of them are a bit of both because we also have these waterfalls coming down the mountainsides with fresh water. So there's, there's a mix there. Um, and the colors are, are sometimes amazing, uh, quite turquoise, um, as special colors. Um, and also we have a lot of strange uh, species coming in sometimes. We sometimes have sharks. And um, what's the name of the, um, uh, the species of, of, of whale um, that's white and black? The free willy? <laughs> Oh, orcas. Orcas, yeah. We have orcas as well, and, and tiny, tiny whales as well. The first time I ever saw a bald eagle, I was on a train. Mm. And I saw it out my window because I was taking a train in Washington State and they were right on the coast. What, what, can you tell me about the bald eagle? I love bald eagles. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was going from Seattle to Bellingham, Washington, and I think it was like a two hour train journey and and it, it follows just like this does, right along the coast, um, right along the, you know, the, the Washington coast line. And there were all these bald eagles. Um, they might have been eating trash. Like, there might have been a dumpster there. Okay, so it wasn't as picturesque as you're thinking, but it was really cool, nonetheless, to see them. And you could, you know, you could see, like, little islands in the Olympic Peninsula. It was just, like, it's just cool to experience the landscape in that, in that way. I'm just curious, Aurora, is there a lot of, like, water recreational activities that occur in these fjords? Yes, definitely. A lot of, a lot of boats. Um, in some fjords, you can sail as well. We have some cruise ships, not too many, though. Um, and there's a lot of uh, fisher boats. And um, it really depends on the season, though, because it's, it's quite cold during half of the year. <laughs> Um, so a lot of people prefer to fish along the sides of the fjord on, on land. Um, but I, my, my family comes from the north of Norway, even though I live in Trondheim now, which is in the middle. And my grandfather was a fisherman and his father before that. And so I, I've seen pictures of, of these tiny vessels they were on. And uh, it's amazing that they lived for so long <laughs> and were able to to make a living. Um, 
I believe it's really hard. The fjord also delivers this uh, special air in the cities that they are connected to. Um, I lived in Czech Republic for four years, and that's in the middle of Europe. And I remember landing on the airport in Trondheim, which is when you land on the plane, it feels like you're going into the fjord because the airport stops in the beginning. And uh, when you get off the plane, you this that the sensation and the air and the cold, and it's just it's the most wonderful feeling. It's difficult to describe. It makes me remember, I used to take um, New Jersey Transit from New Jersey into New York City and back. Mm. And, um, and the old trains had windows that you could, I mean, they had them for uh, years, uh, you know, until yeah. finally, I forget when the last one just kind of, you know, died and they were all replaced by windows that you couldn't open. But you used to be able to open the windows and stick your head out. Hmm. Especially when it went over water bridges, stick your head out and smell the water. I'm wondering why we're slowing down. It seems like we're slowing down. Now here we're coming into an exchange. So we're almost at a station. Yep, it's a station. Oh, and here we are. We're pulling into the station. Oh, we haven't a stop. Toget vil få et lite opphold, et rutemessig opphold, her ved Hommelvik station. Da det ikke er noen plattform, så ber jeg at alle, alle utgangsdører må holdes lukket. Meditation, please. A short stop in Hommelvik station. There are no platform around this station, so keep the exit doors closed, please. We are just stuck at this train stop.
What's what's happening here, Abby? Are we fast forwarding? Like, what is this? A year has passed, and we're in the same spot. And cars keep going by, and there's a truck that went by, and the train is just sitting on the tracks. Like, who knows what's happening right now? We have a red light. It's the longest red light <laughs> in cinematic history. <laughs> I may have to go to the club car. <laughs> yeah, can I have a coffee, please? <laughs> Do they? Do you think they have to sweep the train tracks? Do you think that was that a thing? My parents met on a train platform uh, in Wichita, Kansas, in the in 1947. And uh, one of my favorite stories growing up was hearing them talk about how they spotted each other on the platform, but how they both equally were conspiring to figure out a way to to sit in proximity, but not be too obvious. Who made the first move? How did they uh, connect? Um, my dad was sitting uh, behind and to the on the other side from my mother, one or two rows back, and they were both smokers, and she was smoking, and he was trying to quit, and he called. He, he called her a sadist. <laughs> That's how it started. Never so. heard of that as a pickup line. <laughs> it kind of worked, I guess. Dette er også en del av Trønderbanen, eller Trønderbanan, som enkelte kalte det i starten, når det ikke kvartogene gikk helt i rute. Men her er det også pendeltog som går da, i tillegg til dette. Oh, people are getting on. Hi. 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 Welcome aboard. Thank you. Oh, there's the conductor. Look at that mustache. He looked like he should be a tuba player. Yeah, he does look like a tuba player. I also wonder if that's a common style in Norway. It's not so common here. I've seen a lot of um, crazy designs. I know they have their own moustache club. The, the train conductors do? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and they have their own parade when we have our national national day. Um, and they have, like, boats in their moustache. And it's... <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Are we excited? Oh, there we go. Oh, oh. Oh. There we go. Ooh. Passing that interminable red light. Okay, we're picking up.
some cranes go by a lot of times. Yeah. Do they make? Do they whistle? What? Do they whistle? Do you have you ever have you heard like the train whistle? Yeah. And and there's even been some times where like where it goes like right next to us. Mm. Because it's at like because on the way to the library, there's like this is the. There's like a lot. There's a train that just they just go right past. Because mm. there's a railroad track right next to it. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It seems like it's raining. Yeah. Windshield wipers are going, which is adding a new element. So it's blurry, the view. Mountains in the distance. Looks like we're going through a little bit of a forest now, into the pine forest. Oh, and there's a house on the hill. lived near woods, so the trees are very calming to me. I've seen the mountains in the distance, that's also very calming, and I, I love hiking. I got married in the mountains. I actually have a, a tattoo with mountains on it and our anniversary date. Um, and also, um, I don't know if this is, I hope this isn't like oversharing, but my we, um, my sister passed away uh, a few years back, and she, we, we spread her ashes in the mountains. So it's like a very powerful symbol to me. She loved being in nature and being in the mountains. Um, so that, that specific mountain is actually in New Hampshire. Um, wow, this is like bringing a lot bringing a lot of feelings out.
Did she like to hike in the mountains or? Yes. Yeah, she was, um, she would hike barefoot because she was, she was always barefoot. Um, but yeah, when we would go hiking together, she would hike barefoot and then sometimes we would run down the mountain together. She was also a runner. Um, I have a lot of good memories of that. Where are you right now? I'm just outside of Syracuse, New York. I actually just moved to New York from New Hampshire about a year and a half ago. So we're not like in the woods, but there's little pockets of woods near us. I I grew up near um, University of New Hampshire and they had college woods, they called it. and. It was a great network of trails. Um, And there were a bunch of other woods like that where I grew up, so it's really nice. I miss being near those areas. (laughs) You can find a lot there. I used to live in Ithaca, New York, and we used to do quite a lot of hiking and cross-country skiing and stuff. There's a good network of trails near, at least near Ithaca, I assume, you know, they extend all the way up to Syracuse, so. Yeah, I'd love to go, like, hiking in the Adirondacks more, because we're relatively close there. Mm -hmm. So that would be nice. Why did you move to Syracuse? I don't know if this is what we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we're on the train now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I moved because my husband's family is here, so we have a couple... um, We have a couple little nieces and a nephew that we'd love to be around for them growing up. Yeah. Were you knitting or something over there, Carol? Are you I doing- just gathered together my mending. So I've done my husband's pajamas. I've done a purse <laughs> of mine that, that, that had ripped out. I, I have a pair of pants and I'm starting on a jacket. Because, yeah, I just thought that this would be the way to do my, my mending. That's piled up. And where are you? I'm in Cleveland. So you're up in Michigan, right? I'm in Ann Arbor, yeah. I was going to say, actually, that where I've taken the most trains is in Eastern Europe (laughs) and Europe in general. Does this feel like the trains from Eastern Europe? No, the trains in Eastern Europe are a little more rickety. Like, they're older and more shabby. This feels very deluxe and rather smooth <laughs> and then you know Romania like uh, we went last maybe two years ago now and we went from Hungary to Romania but they have two different track systems so once we were finished with in Hungary and crossing into you have to change trains because the tracks get narrower or wider or one of those crazy things that like they couldn't agree on a track size so Everyone has to get off one train and get on the other one. (laughs) 
Oh, it's starting to get mountainous. I like that. Yeah. And a few conifers. doesn't, but the earlier section really reminded us of Montana. It Didn't did. You think? Like the mountains mm-hmm. with the low-hanging clouds. Yeah. It reminded me when we went to Bozeman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I think we're about to go into the mountain. I see the tunnel coming up. Ooh, we're going into a hillside. Oh. oh, it's a tunnel. Now oh, that's pretty. Oh my God. I like seeing the the little bits of light that I know my natural eye might be able to see more detail in, but the camera just shows the little glimpses of things in the tunnel. I don't remember the length of the longest tunnel in Norway, but I believe it takes around 45 minutes, an hour, to get through. Wow, that's a long one. For people who are claustrophobic, they have made these like gigantic domes inside with blue lights, with stars on the top, so it's almost like northern, northern lights. And now you see this little dot. <laughs> that tiny, tiny little dot of light is getting bigger and bigger as, as you uh, come closer to the, to the other end. Wow. 
I see an icy landscape. And we pan to see a beautiful lake. I think it's a lake. It might just be a large flat snow surface. Um, it's the exact same color as the sky, the gray clouds. But you can tell that it's broken apart by the mountains that separate it. And we're passing little red houses. It's that sense of remoteness and silence. The farthest north I've been is Tromso, which is um, above the Arctic Circle. The sun never goes above the horizon there until I think the, like the 20th or so of January, it peaks a little bit above and then goes right back down. So I've been in Tromso for the day when the sun comes back and it's like, oh my God, look, there it is, you know, but the rest of the time, it's just this sort of twilight. Simple, plain. The little box with the triangle on top. Mm -hmm. Are we north of the Arctic Circle here? It does feel like we're coming near to an end. We're pulling into the Bodo station. We're basically at the end. We only have one minute and 40 seconds left. Now, my 
stasjonsbygningen her blir avduket i minne om dagen. Og at det forhåpninger og forventninger som alle har stillet til denne banen må gå i rik oppfyllelse. Her klærer jeg Nordlandsbanen for åpnet. And we're at the end. Yeah, we're wow. We've literally reached the end of the that line. That is the end That's of the it. line. We have made it. That is, we're done. It literally cannot go any no, farther. You end in a flower pot, a cement flower pot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining. It's been it's been a, a real pleasure. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank you. This is fun. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. And actually, we're not going to get off the train just yet. We have a beautiful collection of listener sounds from train stations all over the world. That's coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, glasses, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional That is it. That is our season. Thank you so, so much for listening. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's over. I know. For now. We'll be back. Yes. And while producing this episode, we heard that some people consider NPR to be the original American slow radio, at least in the beginning. So, in honor of NPR's 50th anniversary this year, we collected some of those slow radio jams for you to enjoy. You can find them at npr.org slash 50. Today's episode was produced by Abby Wendell and would not have been possible without all of the many people who joined Abby to watch Slow TV and talk about it. There were Slow TV experts, family, friends, Invisibilia listeners. Thank you so, so much. The Invisibilia listeners who participated signed up through our Invisibilia newsletter. So if you want to learn more about the show, like how to participate in future weird experiments, Sign up at npr.org slash invisibilia newsletter.
Invisibilia is produced by Andrew Mambo, Abby Wendell, Yoe Shaw, and me, Kia Miyakonajis. This episode was mastered by our technical director, Andy Huther. Our podcast manager is Liana Simstrom. This episode was edited by Luis Treyes. Our supervising senior producer is Nicole Beamsterbohr. Neil Carruth and Steve Nelson are senior directors of programming. And our senior vice president of programming is Anya Grunman. Thanks also to NRK for allowing us to use more sounds from their slow TV programs. Music for this episode provided by Connor Moore from Seymour Sound, Elizabeth Delise, and Rick Claris. <laughs> And a very special thank you to our former intern, Carolyn McCusker, for composing this lovely montage of listener sounds from train stations around the world. If you have a sound you want to share, send it to invisibiliamail at npr.org. Uh, and just, like, one piece of unfinished business before we take off. I'm, like, dying to know, yo way, did, did I do it? Did you listen all the way to the end? Are you still here? Oh, is this what you all have been waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so true story. I did turn it off before the end. Mm-hmm. Where did we lose you? Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you're the worst. Oh you're God. absolutely the worst. Your faces. Oh my gosh. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at betterhelp.com/npr to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom-tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top-10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.